Welcome. So today we're talking about the struggle of moving away from one-on-one -on -one work. And, you know, when this thing, when you know you're meant to do more than that, but somehow it's working. So it's something that you basically tolerate, that you just keep doing this because you know you could be doing more, but you're not exactly sure why. And you have all these emotions, all, all these fears and questions that come up and you end up doing nothing. So today I'm going to share with you seven emotions and states that I have identified from talking with hundreds and hundreds of people uh, because it's a real thing, right? Um, I've talked to coaches that they do one-on-one -on -one work and they love doing one-on-one -on -one work. You know, some of them actually don't ever want to give it up, but then they want to do more. They want to help more people. They want something that's also a bit more scalable so that maybe they want to do a bit less one-on-one -on -one work, right? But they don't know where to start. And there is all this because they're busy people. They are successful, busy, making money. They have something that works. So change is hard when you really don't see the vision and the potential, right? So we're going to go through these seven emotions and states that I have identified. And hopefully if you... If this is, if you recognize yourself in one, if in one of these, that will be helpful. All right. I'm Natalie. I am a membership growth expert, uh, expert, and we are looking into those five emotion states that you might be feeling when you know that you are meant to do more than one-on-one -on -one work. All right. So the first thing that really comes up is uh, um, the this fear question around your capacity or even what it would look like to create a structure that would work for group. I was talking with someone, I think two days ago, her name, his name, sorry, is Robert, and he's, he's coaching young kids to become men. And um, we were talking about this where like the, really the struggle also is to, how do I take what I do one-on-one -on -one and, and um, turn that into a group a program or a community like a one-to-many and still provide value and results to people, right? So um, what I want to answer to that is that there are people that run different ways. There is amazing value in working one-on-one, -on -one, but there is also amazing value in, in working in group, right? So when you, if you're questioning yourself around that, then run the pros and cons of being in a one-on-one -on -one and being in a group setting, just even before you start creating the structure. Like imagine this as a solution for someone, because if you don't believe you can, how can you possibly create a program, a program that is going to solve a problem for somebody that, that doesn't exist, right? So before you create a program, look into this, what would be, what would be great about that? What would be amazing about having a group? What experience would you create with these people? What added value would they have that they don't have when they work with you one-on-one, -on -one? right? Other benefits would be you make it more affordable for people. Some people might want to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, but they never will, either because they don't have the money or they just don't want to invest it, probably because they don't believe in themselves, right? So. Think about that first, like what would be the value? Because you need to have a belief that this can solve people, uh, a problem for people, this group setting. So you really want to plant this in your head that this is a great idea. 
And only when you know it will be a great idea, then you can dive uh, deeper into what the structure is going to look like. Oh, the opportunity for support, accountability, uh, you know, uh, peer support and things like that, right? Then this will start rolling it. But until you believe that it's actually something that can work for your audience, it's going to be tough for you to create any structure that uh, will get people result. All right. So you have to change your mindset around that. And if you can, and if you do, then you can talk about thinking about a structure. And if you need help, there are people that help you with that, right? Instructional designers. Uh, I do that as well. I help people unpack what they have here. And they, when they work one-on-one -on -one with people into uh, group programs that get engagement and result. All right. So there are people that help you for that. The second emotion of feeling that people might have when when they are doing just one-on-one -on -one now and it's working and they are like super busy, is like, how do I balance my attention between my one-on-one -on -one client and my, my group? Well, this is something you learn as you go, but what's really, really important is to set the expectations, right? So you don't want to be so excited about the group that you provide so much value that it looks like a one-on-one -on -one experience because you send the wrong message to the group and it's not so cool for your one-on-one -on -one clients, right? So you really want from the beginning to set the boundaries. When are they going to have access to you? How? When are you going to show up for them for training or Q&As and things like that? And then stick to that. And if it's hard for you, get someone on your team to do the bad work of, of telling people that no, they cannot book a call with you and things like that, okay? I know it's hard for some people. I know sometimes I have someone on my team re respond to some emails, I'm gonna be honest, because it's hard for me and I don't want to get into that negative spin of why are they doing this to me? They don't value my time and things like that. So to avoid that, find a solution to uh, set those boundaries if it's hard for you, right? But the way you balance it is you set expectations and you set boundaries. They want more, they're in the group, they want more. Maybe they can move to your one-on-one -on -one or do a one-off with you, a paid one-off so, uh, so, um, session, right? So that's basically how you balance if there is such a word, right? But how you navigate how much they have access to you, okay? Another emotion or struggle that people might have is in managing the client's expectations, right? Um, when you do one-on-one -on -one work, you, you get to know a pers the person at, and their business, if, if you're a business coach, at a very different level that, at, at, uh, as a group, right? So again, managing the client's expectations is by stating it very clearly on what to expect in terms of result, in terms of support, in terms of access to you. It is obviously going to be different than one-on-one, -on -one, right? But there can be a lot of overlap, right? Where uh, in groups, depending on the size of the groups, you can have like five, 10 minutes hot seats and they really can be turned into like mini one-on-one -on -one sessions where you can go um, you know, one-on-one -on -one with someone and ask a uh, answer a specific question. I can tell you, if you ask people in a group setting to come up with one question, 10 minutes on one question is really good. It's really good. They get a lot out of 10 minutes. It's a lot if they don't spend nine minutes talking about the question, right? So you want to say, okay, state your question, 
and then let's just get let me help you for like five minutes straight or something like that and it's amazing what you can do with that okay when you have a bit of organization that way right another struggle that you might find is adapting your coaching style so yes when you were doing one-on-one -on -one, maybe you were taking out people for lunch right or maybe you were sending really nice gifts and flowers and and, and things like that right remember it's a different price point it's a different experience right so you're gonna have to adapt your coaching style to that and um that's that's okay right because isn't that what being an entrepreneur is anyway is always evolving and looking into how to create better experience for our clients i mean if you've been doing the same exact things for 10 years i would question like um why are you not like trying to um see how to improve it make it better because we can always do things differently right and there are always ways to improve and get better so um if if your struggle is like oh but i have something that works one-on-one -on -one and i don't want to change it well then the group is probably you're not ready for that because you're going to have to adapt it now you're going to have people doing things on their own and then maybe coming to calls to get the support and accountability right so you're going to have to change your style a little bit right but it's for it's for the best for everyone all right and i'm sure it can <clears throat> it can even benefit your one-on-one -on -one clients right <coughs> so that was adapting your coaching style sorry i'm sorry this is unedited so <laughs> you get the call sorry um another uh struggle that you might feel another, another emotion might be the fear of not providing enough value because they are in a group all right and I know that comes up a lot. Oh my gosh, I can only help my people one-on-one -on -one because they need me. The reality is they don't need all of you. They need probably 20% of you. There are a lot of things where you're repeating yourself. There are a lot of things that can be managed by other people. And I know that when you have someone working with you one-on-one -on -one and you transition to now having some other people doing the work, there is tension. I mean, I've been in a program where that happened and then you get access to, you know, to, to the leader, like the head of the company, and then suddenly it's somebody else that does the work. And you're like, no, this is not what I paid for, right? But in the end, you want to look into what is the experience that they are getting? Are they still getting the support? Are they still getting the value, right? That's really important, all right? Another support and another struggle that you might find is around your pricing and your packaging, right? How do I package this group thing? I know exactly what to do with my one-on-one. -on -one. I've been doing it for a long time, but when it comes to package to packaging a group, how do I charge? You know, like because I'm going to need a team, so I need to account for that. I would just say one thing: just test it. Do a test run with a price that feels comfortable to you. Make sure that you set boundaries again on your time. Make sure that you account for someone that is going to help you with the management of the, the community and, and, and little things like that. You know, the admin work because you don't want to get into that, right? And just run it. Like almost like don't don't like don't let the price stop you from starting the program. Don't let it do that. And talk to people, talk to peers, talk to people that have gone from one-on-one -on -one to group, right? Because they will be able to uh, give you some advice on that as well, all right? 
Another one is finding the right technology. This is um, probably when you do one-on-one -on -one and it's not scalable, you can get away with not automating and doing every, a lot of things manually and sending the emails and things like that. When you're talking groups, you're talking one too many. I mean, I have clients that have 300 people in a cohort for a group program. You have to automate this, right? You have to have systems in place. You have to have at least one team member that can manage the questions and, and, and things like that and the admin stuff, right? So... You have to find a platform that allows you to do that, but it doesn't have to be complicated. If you're looking for one, just reach out, DM me, send me a message. We are the membership lab. I'm sure you can find me if you look, um, because there are solutions that are very simple that will allow you to streamline the process. Remember, people are paying for an experience. They don't pay for your one-on-one, -on -one, but they pay for access to a safe space that is easy to navigate, where they can easily find things, where they can set up their goals probably and things like that. So they deserve that nice platform, all right? And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to take forever to build. It doesn't have to be complicated for you to manage. None of that. It can be simple. So don't make it complicated when it can be simple, all right? And the last, man, last one would be the struggle around measuring success, right? Um, People have told me like, when you work one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you know, when people are successful or not. And very often they will, they, will, they will tell you, they will naturally share their wins because you ask them. You can set up your program, your group program so that you can track progress. You can regularly ask them. If you do a group call, start with the wins and write them down. We do this all the time, right? Uh, when I coach group, we start with this, share your wins. It brings the energy up in the group. Everybody loves to share what worked and it puts us in the right vortex to now get start brainstorming, right? You can do self-assessments. Uh, you can ask them to also enter their progress tracking inside the platform if you have that. There are lots of ways to um, gauge progress in a group, but you have to be strategic about it and you have to set it up. All right. So going, I know this is going a bit longer than it, it usually does, but that's what I had in my bullet point. So that's what it is. But basically going from one-on-one -on -one, uh, to a group and community is really done in stages. And the first stage is for you to actually believe that this is something you want to do, something where you can deliver results and something where you have an audience. And the first step for you to do, what is it? Like I always say, you start to build an interest list, start to talk to people about it. Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. You know, is that something you'd be interested in? Yes. Okay. Start building an interest list because this is going to build trust for you that there are people out there that actually are interested. That's your first step. Like, don't go into, I need a tag, I need to do my whole program, because that's going to feel very heavy. This is all the, the stuff that is not so fun. So focus on, on what, you, what you should be focusing on, what, what we should all be focusing on. The marketing, the sales, the connection, the relationship, right? So do that first, and then build the belief and the excitement that this is something people want. And then just get to the next step once you have that, all right? Because when it's done right um, and you have the right tech in place, it's not heavy. It's simple. And it's the best and easiest way to scale your coaching, 
to make a much bigger impact and make a lot more money in the process. All right. Thank you so much for watching. I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.